This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Let's bow our heads tonight as we prepare for the Word. Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for your presence and for your spirit. Lord, I just sense a, uh, almost a pause in this place. I want you just to lift your hands before the Lord for just a moment tonight. Father, I don't know what's happening in the heavenlies above even our nation tonight, but God, we need you. Come on, help me with that. Lord, we need you. We're asking you for our land. We're asking you to move and to to touch, Father God. Lord, we intercede for our nation. Lord, may may righteousness become the standard of of the land. May may the atrocities uh, uh, be gone. May revival sweep our nation, God. Make us uh, a nation founded upon you. Father, thank you that we is more than just what we say. Let it be who we are. Father, we seek your presence. I just, I just sense that tonight, that pause. That, that, I mean, what if it's our chance to intercede for, our, for someone in our government? What if it's our, our chance to intercede for someone in our, our state government? Just for just a moment more. God, we, we, we wait on your presence just for a moment tonight. Mm. Lord, I declare that breaking over our land of unrighteousness, that breaking over our land of falsehood that is purported. God, may truth be be the clear banner of the day, Father. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know what that was about, but I felt the Holy Ghost to say pause and pray. Isaiah chapter 25 and verse number 6 reads like this. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast. These are the mountains are calling is the message. A, a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. I mean, thankful for that. Amen. And he will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth for, watch this, the Lord has spoken. Isn't God good? Amen. And when the Lord speaks it, it's going to happen. Amen. He's going to remove his people's disgrace. How many of you are thankful that he's removing your disgrace from your life? Amen. Well, I talked with you Sunday morning about this. What I didn't tell you is where this message came from. Uh, this is my personal study time, and uh, I just I very distinctly felt to bring you this message. I argued with God, and I said, God, I, I don't think there's enough here uh, to make it an entire sermon on this topic. But uh, someone actually came up to me and they asked a really interesting thing. They said to me, they said, Pastor, um, you had me excited about climbing the mountains. You had me excited about what I would receive when I climbed the mountains. You just never told me how to climb the mountain. I thought, well, okay, I can receive that. 
Somebody said, well, I was there and I heard how to climb the mountain. And I said, no, uh, you, everybody hears differently. So I, I will uh, take just a moment to explain that to you. It's sort of like those of you who, as we talked about Sunday, like to climb up Sony Mountain here in coming. Some of, how many of you have ever climbed Sony Mountain? How many of you know there are two trails up Sony Mountain? How many of you, has anybody ever made the mistake, thought you were going the short trail and ended up on the long trail? Yeah, the majority of you. All right. I've heard that over and over again. People are like, yeah, it's just a quick little run up there. I'll see you at the top of the mountain. And then when they finally come up the five-mile trail, they're like, quick little run. What's your problem? Why? Because they didn't know how to get up the mountain the way we were going up the mountain. And so it wasn't that they didn't make it up the mountain, it's that no one took the time to explain there's two locations, two starts, and, and this is the one we're talking about. So I'm willing to receive that as they were saying, Pastor, help me figure out how to go up these mountains that, that you've been preaching about. And here's what maybe I didn't make clear and I want to make clear. The way that you're going to climb the mountains, you climb the mountains by learning the lessons of those mountains. Okay, you conquer that mountain by learning the lesson of those mountains. So I know that I've been up the mountain when I, when I understand what it is God's trying to teach me based on that mountain. And so we began Sunday morning and we, we, we didn't know it in the first service and kind of figured it out in second service that we probably had, had a series being born. And, and, and somebody said, would you please quickly remind us tonight of the mountains that we've already talked about? And so I want to give you those mountains that we've already talked about just briefly tonight. The first one that we talked about was Mount Moriah, Mount Moriah, which was the mountain of engagement, okay? The mountain of engagement. It's where we stop just watching and we start walking in our faith. And I'm not going to preach this all again, but we start walking in our faith. And as we start walking in our faith, we step into a new place of engagement with Christ. And we realize that what has been holding back the faithfulness of God is the lack of faithfulness on our part. That when I get faithful to follow and engage the way he's called me to, it releases his faithfulness into my life. Can I get an amen for that? And so we have to start that climb. We have to start learning that lesson of God is faithful, but his faith, what does the word say? His eyes are searching throughout the earth, looking for whom he might show himself strong. Okay. So the Lord in his faithfulness is looking for who he can show himself faithful to. He's looking for the one that he, that will meet him there. And so that's what begins to happen when we start climbing the mountain of Moriah. We learn that if I'm faithful, it releases God. God's faithfulness into my life. God's always faithful. He's always there, but it releases that blessing, that next level into my life. Now quickly, and I'm, gonna, I'm trying to get you to the Mount Gershom here in a moment, but let's go back to, through Mount Sinai for just a moment. Mount Sinai is the mountain of instruction, the mountain of instruction. So how do I climb Mount Sinai? It's when I get alone with the Word of God. It's when I come to church and I begin to hear the teaching about the Word of God. It's when I begin to apply the Word of God into my life. Okay? 
And so it's just yesterday I was talking with somebody, and I was telling somebody about this earlier, and, and they asked me a question, and they said, uh, I was a pastor, and they said, Pastor, what do you know about this topic? And I just began to share with them what God had been teaching me in my life, and as I shared with them and was teaching them, they got all excited and said, I'm using that Sunday, I'm using that Sunday in my church. And I was like, well, praise God, but get it. And as God was pouring it from my life into their life, that's the way we learn, by getting around people who are, have grown where we need to go, and they teach us, and we watch them. We learn to pray by listening to other people who know how to pray. We learn to worship by worshiping around other people. That doesn't mean that you have to act a certain way. You know, if I mean, some of you are going to work. If I tried to act like Mike Boyce up here, we would not have any worship happening. If you don't know what that means, that's the guy who dances up here. Trust me. <laughs> there would be no, there would be more of that than the worship happening at that moment. So I worship my way. And mine usually has something to do with my voice, okay? But he worships with his whole body, all right? And so we have to find our place, but we begin to climb the mountain of Sinai when we get along with God's Word, when we hear God's Word taught to us, and we see it modeled in front of us. So I begin to climb that mountain as I learn how I'm supposed to respond. If you don't have somebody in your life who is further along than you are in Christ, you're really not walking right. You need somebody who's helping you grow, all right? And so that's kind of where we went through on Sunday morning, that you need to get along with God and you need to go up those mountains. Now, here's the next mountain you need to climb tonight. I don't know why, but I have just been so excited. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me something about this mountain. The next mountain is Gershom. And this is the mountain of decision. How many of you know that sometimes indecision is a decision. Okay? When I'm not doing anything about it, I've really made up my mind. Okay? And so I come to a mountain that I have to make a decision about some things in my life. Now, again, this is my personal study that I felt like the Lord wanted me to bring to you, but I feel an unction of the Spirit, particularly on this mountain for this day. Notice Joshua chapter 8. You can open there. I'll give you a moment if you want to. But Joshua chapter number 8. So in the back in toward the beginning of your Bible there, you're going to come to the book of Joshua. Right there before the book of Judges. And we're going to go to chapter number 8. And as we, we come to Joshua chapter number 8, we're going to learn about this mountain of decision. So, verse number 33. Verse number 33. All the Israelites with their elders, their officials, and their judges were standing on both sides of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, facing the Levitical priest who carried it. Both the foreigners living among them and the native-born were there. I think that's important to notice. It was everybody, okay? Decisions for God involve everybody, okay? You can say, well, that's, that's your choice. No, no, there are certain things about serving God that is not a matter of your choice and my choice. It's a matter of what God's Word says. And you're going to have to make that decision. People say, well, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. No, you have to understand there are certain biblical truths that stand the test of all of our decision-making uh, premises, okay? It's sort of like that, that. what I keep saying to you guys. If you want to stay clean, you have to live clean. 
If you want to stay clean, you have to live clean. And as you live clean, that you've got to begin to allow God to come into your life and take out the negative habits of the past and begin to put positive habits into your life, okay? And so this was everybody. Everybody say everybody. All right, so half of the people stood in front of Mount Gershom, and half of them stood in front of Mount Ebal. As Moses, the servant of the Lord, had formerly commanded when he gave instructions to the to bless the people of Israel. Okay, so half of them are standing on this side, half of them are standing on this side. They're between two mountains, Gershom and Ebal. And afterward, Joshua read all the words of the law, all of them, the blessings and the curses. Just as it is written in the book of the law, there was not a word of all that Moses commanded that Joshua did not read to the whole assembly of Israel, including the women and children and the foreigners who lived among them. Now, this is super important, and it really depends a lot on the translations, the different ones you're reading from, but this is super important that you understand what they did as some stood facing this mountain and some stood facing this mountain and what they were symbolizing. Okay, so for those who made the decision that they were going to obey God, they turned and they faced Gershom. Gershom is the mountain that says, I want to walk in the blessings of God. I have that right to choose. I'm going to face the ways of God. Now, I'm going to give you a truth here in just a moment. This is super important. Listen to me. For those who didn't want to obey God, who would go after the curses they were representing here in this situation, they turned toward a ball. And they said, all right, I understand I'm being symbolic here, but if I face the wrong decisions, I'm headed toward death. Right decisions head me toward Gershom. I'm going toward life. Wrong decisions turn me toward a ball. Can I just tell you, I'm getting ahead of things here, but what the Holy Spirit spoke to me standing there during worship, I'm thinking about this mountain and the powerfulness of this moment that in all of our lives, we have to make up our minds how we're going to serve God. And we can't head in both directions at the same time. You're either going to go your way or you're going to go God's way. But here's what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Watch this. He said, you can't follow God looking over your shoulder. Is that not truth? That's not in my sermon anywhere. That's free. Come on now. Amen. But that's truth. Because a lot of us want to live in wrong decisions, but we want to keep our eyes just, just so we know we've got our eyes on what God did for us. But we're headed in the wrong direction. And you cannot successfully follow the will of God for your life when you're constantly making bad decisions because you're turning the right, the wrong direction. The Holy Spirit speaks to me and he always says this. He says, son, you'll either follow destiny or darkness, but you can't go toward both. You have to make up your mind. Which way are you going to head? And so we climb the mountain of decision when we come to Gershom because we have to understand this, that there we have to make up our minds. Some of us, we want that salvation of God, but we still like making lots of bad decisions. And God's saying to us, stop 
heading toward the curses of this world. Turn yourself around, and even though you might not know the ground that you're on yet, you keep walking toward the promises of God, and you're going to find the blessings of God are going to so outweigh what you walked away from that you're going to never regret changing directions and making that decision because I have never in my lifetime seen anybody come to the end of their life and go, I just can't believe I wasted all that time serving God. But I've heard the opposite time and time again. I wasted my days. I lost my family. I lost my call. I've heard that till I'm sick of it. First off, when you repent and you come back to God, the callings and, and the purposes of God are without repentance, Scripture says. You keep serving God, and God's call still on your life. The devil didn't rob you of what God called you to do. But the reason you're not walking in it is because you're facing the wrong mountain. You're climbing the wrong mountain. God doesn't love me. No, you're just hanging out on the wrong hill. See, some mountains are given to help us make up our minds. Some obstacles you come to are there because if we're going to, we're going to have to make up our minds, are we going to live up to what we have been called to or not? And so they read the law. Now think about it. I read the law to you or read the commands of Christ to you. And as I'm reading them to you and I read the one, let's just say that says, if someone uh, slaps one cheek, you should do what? Turn the other one. Some of you go, <laughs> well, that's not going to happen to me. You choose a ball. It's just that simple. Some of you say, God, I don't know how, but through you, I'll figure that out. Somebody said, what happens after they hit both of them? Can I knock them out then? Amen. <laughs> Listen to me. We come to that place to where God is speaking to us. And he's saying, you've got to make up your mind. What are you going to do? You've been around this mountain long enough. Which way are you going to face? Because we're all facing some direction. If you go to bed with evil on your mind, guess what? You're going to bed facing the ball. If you wake up and your first thoughts are of the Lord, you're starting out your day with your face toward Gershom. What makes you change directions? What happens? You're like, I was doing so good until that happened. You know, I mean, somebody, everybody's got something, right? A button. You know what we need to do? What is the Bible? And this is not in my notes, but I feel this in my spirit. And this is just going to be as, as Southern as they come of an illustration. What's the Holy Spirit? He's fire. He's wind. He, he, he's a, an oil in the scripture. Are you ready for this? You need to start oiling only the side of your gears of your life that turn you toward God. And let the other rust in the sin and the darkness that it was, needs to be left behind in. So it's not as easy for you to go from one to rage like that. Because that's not who I am anymore. And Holy Spirit, would you help me become something more? Because today I choose to follow the will of God. 
I actually had to say to somebody today, I literally said this, I'm not going to let you and I end up at the place of disagreement that we ended up before in. That's what I had to say. Not going there. Somebody going, who made Pastor Matt? You don't know them. And if you did, you should be praying for them because God has a hold of their heart right now. But guess what? That simple statement diffused a moment just like that. Because I said, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going, I'm not turning that way. Are you hearing me? How would that even change your marriage? <laughs> it will not help your marriage if you say, you're facing the wrong mountain, but let's move on. <laughs> you just joined them, okay? You see, it was at this mountain of Gershom that the people of Israel said, watch this. I think this is powerful. Not only do we have to choose the right mountain, but it is our duty to make sure that each other choose the right mountain. It's my job. You know, it's kind of like one of these things. If I, if I walk up to Christian, I say, hey, Christian, how you doing? Good. I said, man, missed you last Sunday. Do you want nine... Well, really, 10 out of 10 people say to me when I say that. They know. Oh, Pastor, I was, a, I was so-and-so. And I said, I didn't say, where are, were you? I said, I missed you. But because of my job, they heard, where were you? How can you go from I missed you to where were you? That's just, you're, you're looking through the wrong lenses. But you let old Kyle walk up to Christian and say, man, I missed you. Christian will go, that's my neighbor right there. He loves me. See what I'm saying? They actually are neighbors, but <laughs> some of you are like, but you know, he's jacking on me. Why? Because it's your job. Well, Pastor Don, I, I was just worried I'd offend them. I knew they were headed down a wrong road. Then shame on you, you watcher of a ball. Because you made the wrong decision. You should have said, don't go there. Don't do that. Let me help you. I'm not just going to criticize you, and I'm not going to gossip behind your back. But I am going to tell you, if you're going to end up there, you're going to do it over my uh, kicking and screaming and fighting for your soul. Because we're in this together. Is this making sense? So Gershom is the place you have to come to to make the right decision. So the next mountain that we have to, have to climb is Nebo. Mount Nebo. All right. And Mount Nebo is the mountain of life purpose. The mountain of life purpose. This is important. Again, this was not written for you as a sermon. This is my personal study notes. But I think God's speaking to us. Can I get an amen for that? So, the mountain of life purpose. Now, Mount Nebo has a very particular place in Scripture. 
Who does it, who's it come around? Moses. Okay. So Mount Nebo is where God brought Moses to see the promised land. Okay. It's where he brought Moses up and said, look, I want you to see where you've been leading the people. I want you to see what you've been doing with the last many years of your life. This is where you're headed. Watch this. It's on top of Mount Nebo that we are reminded that sometimes, listen to me carefully because some of you are in the valley right now and you can't see over the mountains. But sometimes it takes a lifetime to accomplish your kingdom purpose. We feel like we ought to have purpose after purpose after purpose after purpose, and we ought to go from level to level, level up, boom, 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 and everything's going great. But sometimes it takes a lifetime to get there. Sometimes you have to keep pressing. And Moses wanted to get them there. Can you imagine his frustration? It's a two-week journey, and they've been trying to get there for 40 years. And he has to go up, and God says, now that's where I'm taking them. You're not going, Moses, because of what you did, how you responded. But look, this is where I told you I'd get you. I'm going to take you another step in Moses' life in a moment. Listen to me. Stop feeling like God has failed you just because you're still in the works. <laughs> Sorry. Stop feeling like it. You know, I thank God because one of the things is we've kind of slowed down on, on, on those coming in. But I used to get so angry because we'd have all these guest speakers come in. And they, I don't know if you, some of you have been here long enough to remember. They'd call me up. They'd lay hands on me. And all of them give me this word of prophecy. And they'd all say, thus says the Lord, you are created for so much more than this. Anybody remember those days? Yeah. And after service, I don't know how many people are going to be going, don't leave us, Pastor, don't leave us. You know, it reminds me of that commercial, don't leave us with the children, don't leave, you know what I'm saying? But, and I'm like, don't leave us with the babies, don't leave, you know. But I remember as they would say that, it never crossed my mind that they were talking about somewhere else. It crossed my mind what is God going to do with this church to make it so much more? What's God going to do with us as a people? And we're just getting started good. Some of the greatest churches in our community, they were nowhere near where we are after 28 years. Some of them are 75 years old and are breaking through records unbelievably, but they're not where we, they're not where we were at, are after 28 years. At 35 years, one of the most significant around was, was, was smaller than one of our services out of six. And then, of course, God did some great things. But listen to me. It's all about the long haul of living your purpose that just because you go, well, I, did, I didn't get married this year or this didn't happen this year, you don't back down and you don't turn around and you don't give up. You keep going. Yeah. Keep moving forward. Because if God has put something inside of your heart, you will see it come about. This is important. Remember God always keeps His promises. How many of you really believe that? 
So was Moses told to get to the promised land? He was. Did Moses ever get into the promised land? Yes, he did. No, Moses was buried somewhere we know not, Scripture says. God had his body hidden. How did Moses get to the promised land? Some of you are going, he's messing up theology now. Nope, you're not thinking. He, Jesus says, Peter, James, John, come go with me. Let's get up the mountain. They climb the mountain. Jesus is glorified, transfigured. They call it the Mount of Transfiguration. And these two jokers show up around them. <laughs> One's named Elijah, and the other is, and where are they? In the promised land. Look what God does. You see, just because it's not on your timetable doesn't mean God has forgotten. Because God, what did, what did, what did Abraham, am I making sense tonight? What did, I mean, we're really in trouble because I only have done two and we're almost out of time. We're supposed to do three tonight. But what did Abraham say? He could offer the boy because he trusted God and found God faithful to his promises. That even if necessary, he would bring Isaac back up. Why? Because God always keeps his promises. Moses saw the original promise, but he didn't get there in the method and the timing that he thought he would, but God still trusts and holds his promises. You keep trusting. Keep obeying God. If God's called you to be a worshiper, don't think you've aged out of worshiping. You keep worshiping. If God's called you to lead children, keep leading children. If God's calling you to step into something, step into it and keep going. But Pastor Don, I'm not where I want to be. You know what? When you get where you want to be, can I tell you something? You're going to realize that you want to be somewhere else then. People come to me all the time. They go, Pastor Don, did you think it'd ever be like this? And I'm like, I might have run in terror. It's not what I had envisioned. But I know this, that I could not come to where God has brought us until I grew to where we could walk here. But I'm not where we're going yet. Why? Because where God's not through with us yet. And Onebo is where we're reminded we might see the end game, but we don't know how we're going to get there yet. Stay faithful to God. If He's called you, He'll open the doors. He's not through with you yet. Danny Ost is probably the best example of this I've ever heard. Danny Ost is a phenomenal man. Danny will probably win between, I don't, I don't want to get this wrong, but I'm going to say between 700 and 2,500 people to Christ this year. Danny is going to win an amazing amount of people to Jesus this year. And God gave Danny promise. Danny, Danny, he, what his strategy of ministry uh, was for so many years was he would go in and just buy a, a warehouse. He'd just buy a warehouse and then he'd build benches for like 2,500 people and he'd launch a church ready for 2,500 and fill it up. 
Danny this year will win between 700 and 2,500 this year to Christ. And Danny's been dead for over 25 years. That's really cool. Because you know what Danny did? Danny said, God's not done with me yet. He said, take my grave and bury me in the pauper's field just outside Mexico City. He said, where they throw all of those who have nowhere else to be thrown. You put a beautiful fence. And then I want you to carve the gospel out of marble. And I want you to guarantee that the church phone number never changes. And put it on the fence. And cover the whole fence with gospel tracts. And every year when those families are crying and feel like nobody cares and they're going to a pauper's grave in the middle of a horrible, horrible slum area of Mexico City, they walk past Danny Oss' grave and his wife's grave now and they see the gospel of Jesus Christ and the purpose keeps going on. Why? Because God's purposes outlast us. Am I making sense? So Nevo tells me, stop being discouraged if it's not where you thought it would be now. Stand your ground, obey God, and see what God can do if you stay faithful. Isn't God good? This is kind of weird. This is my personal study that, you know, normally to preach that long and a point, it's about that long, it's about that long. I think God's talking to us. Don't give up. Keep going. Keep pursuing. If your passion's revival, you shall see it. If your passion is souls, you shall see them. If your passion is worship, you shall experience it where the glory of God is manifest through your life. Keep going. Keep going. Maybe those two go together. Make up your mind. Decide you're keeping going. Because God's not through with you yet. Father, you are good. And your mercy endures forever. You and your faithfulness are leading us from truth to truth on this journey. God, I don't know why you've chosen this word for this day and this series for this time, but I know you have. We're going to obey you. I just felt my spirit to remind people you cannot obey God with you looking over your shoulder. Make up your mind. Serve the Lord. Choose you this day whom you would serve. As for me and my house, we have chosen to serve the Lord. Even though you don't see what purposes you think to be fulfilled now, and it may even look like they're permanently over, when there are kingdom purposes, God is working it out and you shall see the, the harvest and the fruit in years to come. Thank you, Father, for what you have done and you're going to do now. Lord, I thank you. Would you stand with me just in this moment of reverence all over this place?
You know, I, I, as we're praying and heads are bowed, I, I want you to understand that I don't take what I've just said to you very lightly. That the living God changed the order of what I thought we were going in sermons to put this message in this series together for this time. I really feel like God's about to birth something in your lives and in this church that, that, that is not, and I believe it can go to every single campus because God's doing something. We really feel that what we've seen God, God's equipped us with a prayer campus, an outreach campus, a soul winning campus, a campus that is growing in its maturity right now. And God has given us all of these, 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 these strategic places to move us into the right position for a mighty move of his presence. This is the time. This is the hour. It's not a season to waffle between or sit there and try to decide if you're going to serve God or not. Make up your mind. Well, this is what just birthed in my spirit. I want to ask you tonight if you would say with me, Pastor, I am settled. I will serve the Lord. I want to see your hand if that's you. I am settled. We will serve the Lord. All right, put those down. I'm going to ask you one more question. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor Dodd, I don't know how, but I will follow God's purposes for my life to the ends of the earth. I want to see your hands as well. Amen. Father, thank you. I feel something special in the air tonight. Thank you that you guarded this word for us tonight. We will follow, for we have decided Jesus is our goal. We want to know you more and more. May we know you and may we make you known. In Jesus' name, amen. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.